0: They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are Monsters Out of the Closet.
1: Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of Monsters Out of the Closet. I'm your producer, Nicole. You might be wondering what makes this bonus special. Well, in addition to our usual creator chat, we're also going to include a snippet of our Patreon-exclusive Phantom of the Cinema movie review of Hold the Dark, which Shria and I reviewed for our Darkness-themed month. So, stay tuned for that after a conversation with Jeff Baker, starting in 3, 2, 1.
2: You're listening to Monsters Out of the Closet, with a special bonus episode featuring an interview with author Jeff Baker, who was recently featured in our last episode, Darkness, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Jeff. Oh,
3: thank you very much. Glad to be here.
2: Yeah, it was it was such an utter delight to uh, get your story. Uh, I think we talked about this in the commentary for the episode, but uh, when the piece was submitted to us, we were we were really excited because we really liked the story, and we were actually just putting the finishing touches on uh, the episode "Darkness," which was coming out, I think, less than a week from when you submitted it. And we knew we wanted this piece so badly for that episode, so it, it turned into one of the fastest turnarounds in production that we've done on the show. Yeah, and it came out
3: very well, I thought.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we, we were really proud of it, too, because um, we definitely wanted to do the piece justice, because it was such a, such a beautiful story. We loved the relationship between uh, the two main characters in the piece. So I, I don't know if you want to jump in. Maybe tell us a little bit about the inspiration for the story, maybe uh, where the characters Kevin and Lance came from. Yeah, when you submitted it, you, you mentioned that uh, it was inspired by you and your husband kind of experiencing a power outage.
3: Well, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I told you that uh, about uh, four years or so ago, there was a thunderstorm uh, Friday night not the power out. And we didn't have anywhere to go the night today, so we didn't worry about the alarm clock, went to bed, uh, sat out. And I woke up probably in the middle of the night, and I noticed that without all the electronic gadgets we usually have on, you know, uh, all the little things have, charging, uh, the clock on the TV, the street light outside, I noticed how really, really dark it was. And the, uh, the notion for that story, I think, started... Uh, It started popping around in my head right then and there. And then I think a few months later, there was a a call for stories from a magazine that was going to be publishing uh, theme issues with LGBT stories, and they wanted a ghost story. And I thought, oh, I'll do this. And so I kind of wrote out a synopsis, and the magazine fell through. It went belly up, but I still had the story, and so I said, I wrote it up past summer and sent it out to, to you folks
2: well we're, we were so glad to receive it do you often write stories is this something you do a lot
3: yeah yeah i write uh i write well not quite constantly i do have a job but uh i've been writing uh fiction and nonfiction for a very long time uh uh and uh, i've published uh several full-length stories uh The anthology and uh, the late uh sci-fi magazine published uh, one of my uh, stories and i've had other things published like sherlock holmes mystery magazine and a couple of anthologies of uh, well, horror stories and uh, the queer sci-fi anthologies uh, which uh, i'm really pretty proud of in addition i've written uh, one flashback Site called Friday Flash Fix that is on Facebook, and uh, I post the results on my uh, my blog page uh, authorjeffbaker.com, and I usually have one up there about every week. So, uh, writing uh, as much as that uh, that really helps uh, you improve. I think I have seriously improved in uh, you know, a couple of years uh, having done that.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you you really do keep yourself busy with the writing. Um, and it sounds like you really uh write a lot in genre fiction, whether it's science fiction, horror. What are your uh, literary inspirations? Uh, why are you so drawn to these genres?
3: Oh, uh, uh, number one, I write a lot of what I love, Maria, and I love uh, the old pulp authors like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and. Henry Cutner, who is not as well-remembered, and Robert Arthur, who is just about forgotten. They all wrote a little horror and science fiction. And the very, very subtle uh, M.R. James, who wrote uh, kind of ghost stories, like Something in the Dark, where the thing kind of creeps up on you. I mean, this story took a little bit of time to build, which is why I thought it came off very nicely. And then uh, on the LGBT uh, site, there are some uh, writers there. uh, as Steve Berman, who is probably better known as the editor of the Wild Stories anthology, who's written written wonderful short stories, and another writer out of uh, Canada, Nathan Burgoyne, who I uh, like a lot. And, oh, oh yeah, we, we can't forget Oscar Wilde. If you haven't oh, read The yeah. Canterville Ghost or uh, A Picture of Dorian Gray, you should.
2: Definitely. A lot of iconic writers there. What are some things that you like to explore in, in your stories? Uh, do you feel like genre fiction lends itself to a specific type of story?
3: Well, the, the horror stories, I'm more into what they call a oh, uh, kind of quiet horror uh, where uh, something that seems very ordinary, turns out to have something not so ordinary, and you don't notice it at first. Like, there's a scene in Something in the art where Lance wakes up in the middle of the night, and he looks out the bedroom doorway into the hall into the front room, and as he's closing off, he thinks, oh, wait a minute, wasn't that door on the other side of the wall? The classic sense of wrongness where uh, something that you see all the time suddenly doesn't seem right. And something that kind of made me feel like that in real life, years ago, I had a delivery route uh, delivering produce and stuff to a snack bar of an amusement park here. But I was in town, Wichita, Kansas, for the record. But I would go there in the middle of the afternoon when they weren't open and the the kids were there. And I walked in through the gates of the amusement park where it was uh playing all freaking empty and that will give you the creeps because you're used to seeing the place full of in and all that. And they had that fake robotic clown and I remember thinking on a couple of occasions if that guy stands up, I am running am I trying and getting the hell out of here.
2: Yeah. That like little sense of unease, like the this gut feeling that something's wrong. Yeah, and it creeps up on you and it, it pays off so well in these quieter horror stories. And I was also intrigued by the setting of the story. Uh, I mean, you mentioned you you're in Wichita, Kansas, uh, and the piece takes place, I believe, in Kansas as well. And it's often said that the United States has this like very creepy element because there's so much open space, especially uh, when it comes to the heartland of the of the country. Uh, what's been your experience with that?
3: Oh, well, I've uh, I've driven uh, all around Kansas. I've uh, worked in a delivery driver for years. And uh, that is it. I mean, the open spaces, uh, whether it's uh, uh, open field and all, and uh, nothing but a uh, big open sky. I mean, you, you, you wonder sometimes some hands going to reach out there from there and pluck you up, and no one would ever know. But, but I've delivered to. I've, and my brother lived in a little small town out near Dodge City, so uh, I got a little inspiration from a town like that. Because, uh, he and his wife have worked flipping houses, and so uh, I got a lot of the background of why someone would be in a house that they really uh, didn't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Right there, there is always something uneasy about sleeping somewhere that's not your own. Some place where you're not familiar with the space, the sounds. I recently moved apartments and my new apartment is still a bit new to me and the sounds are new. So I find myself scaring myself and jumping when there's like a weird pipe sound or um, a an air conditioning unit comes on. And I, I think that's something that uh, it, it is a pretty universal feeling is that it, it's hard to feel safe in a place that you don't know. The unknown is scary and in the dark, everything feels a little bit more unknown. But I guess there was this one light throughout the story, and that was the relationship between Lance and Kevin. And yeah, I I, I was really uh, curious about kind of how that relationship came to you in terms of uh presenting it in the story, because a lot of uh, a lot of horror stories don't often have this space for these you know really happy couples and. The big tension in the piece after you yeah, have this scary moment is are Kevin and Lance gonna stay together when, you know, they have this traumatic event that's pulling them apart. I was curious about what inspired that kind of tension in the story? Why why you focus on this particular relationship?
3: Oh, well, that's, that my husband, and I are uh, very much like that. I mean, we don't flip houses, but we have the same loving uh, relationship. In fact, that conversation that couple has about maybe getting a dog if they had a place with a big yard, we've had that conversation. We've got uh, a house, I'm paying a mortgage on it, but uh, the yard isn't very big and it's not practical right now. And I have a writer who has a uh, book and paper pile. I use that relationship as a basis for uh, Lance and Kevin, and I'm not 100% sure where I got the names, but uh, uh, they fit perfectly. And the the fact that they uh, uh, have been uh, wobbling and made an argument about whether or not to turn this house over to somebody who doesn't uh, know anything about uh, what strange thing might have happened there. Uh, my husband and I only have one argument in our whole uh life together. We've been together about 10 years, married for about two, and uh, uh, when I was unemployed and we had a employee health issues and things were stressy, a lot that, we had one argument, but a lot of that got put into the story. So I'm not sure it was constant or unconscious, but it was, the relationship was very easy to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it comes across. The, the character's dynamic feels really authentic and and real and it's often said you write what you know so it's cool to see that you know that that has you know a close kind of personal roots my next question would be like you've talked about like you've had this scary experience in the dark do you feel like you've had other experiences that have inspired you in writing genre fiction especially horror
3: i haven't had as many weird things happen to me i've uh... Honestly, I have actually based a few stories uh uh one or two I saw on nightmares and Dream. I mean, I'm one of those guys uh when I wake up uh from uh a nightmare, hang on, I've gotta write this down,
2: <laughs> yeah, the idea is fresh. You have to put it down to paper, yeah, do you have any any tips for writers who are uh maybe just getting started or? how to kind of make it into a regular practice, how to get their work out there into the world?
3: I would say, uh, number one, read everything you can and write as often as you can and don't be afraid to check out everything online. I mean, there are submissions calls and don't be afraid to send stuff out because uh, you'll never know if it's any good if you don't send something out. I mean, that's basic and simple.
2: Yeah. Is there is there anything else that you uh wanted to share with us?
3: Oh my. Oh heaven. Uh other than, other than the loudly putting the fact that I got a blog on Queer Sci Fi, the 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 Facebook and Internet bunch that I mentioned before that help uh and promotes uh LGBT writers and writing of science fiction, fantasy and horror. Uh, which is, I'm, shame yeah. with self-promotion, why, why not?
2: Well, we're going to have all of those links in uh, in the post on our website for, where this interview is. So, dear listeners, check those links out if you want to get more information on how you can um, get involved with LGBT writers of genre fiction. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us.
3: All right. Thank you so very much. What a pleasure.
2: And
1: let's take you now to a quick snippet of that Phantom of the Cinema review of Hold
0: the Dark. That was this movie. Yeah. I, I have to say,
2: like, I thought this movie was going to be so straightforward at the beginning. Like, very simple. Okay, cool. This guy, like, is going to help hunt down these wolves. And they're going to find, like, maybe it wasn't the wolves that killed the sun. I thought it was going to be really straightforward. And I just want to state on the record that the first sign that this movie is going to go off the rails is, like, in the first ten minutes. Like, Madora is not in a good mindset. She's very, like, mentally, like... Not quite there. She's, like, murmuring to herself in the bathtub. She comes out of the bathtub naked with the wolf mask on and then snuggles up to Mr. Kor and, like, pulls his hand up to her throat and tries to use his hand to strangle herself. That's about the moment I realized what is happening in this movie.
0: (laughs) What is going on? Hang on. I thought this was, like, a standard wolf-demon movie or something this is clearly not that i thought
2: it was gonna be like a whole serial killer thing like the whole town is in on like murdering the kids or something like that i this movie just throws you for a loop and I gotta say, like, as I was starting the movie, I was concerned that it wasn't going to hit on these darkness themes as much as, like, a movie, like, we were also considering movies like uh, 30 Days of Night and stuff like that, where it's maybe a little bit more evident, the darkness themes. But I I think this movie really hits on these darkness elements in both, like, literal ways and, like, metaphorical ways and and, and kind of indirect and direct ways.
0: Yep, yep. Um, And one of the ways I noticed is that, like, in the more indirect way, the darkness is present in this movie is almost in the sort of obscurity and uncertainty of the plot. Like, you know, we think about, um, like, light bringing knowledge and clarity. And this movie is, like, pitch black in terms of how clear anything is. It is so like non-linear, so opaque. They don't, they really don't give much to you at all. You're just supposed to gather all of your facts about the characters and their personalities and their history and, you know, you're really like making up the plot as you get little glimpses of you know, these characters actions with real and you really it's really hard to guess their motivations because they do such wild things.
1: So to hear more from that conversation, consider becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. Your support goes directly towards compensating all of our LGBTQ plus contributors and helping our show grow. Our next episode, Alien, is beaming down on January 29th. So stay tuned. Until then, monsters out.